Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. And you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you feel it, but I, I feel it. Do you feel it? Do you feel what's going on? There's a change in the air. And it's because we've started the Hebrew month of Elul. Elul is a 29-day month that immediately precedes the High Holy Days. If you didn't fast forward through the service, I hope you didn't. <laughs> Some of you may have. But if you, if you fast forward, you missed something towards the beginning of our service. And if you've been watching the whole time, you caught it. And that was the blowing of the shofar. We had that first blowing of the shofar. It's a special time. It means that we are in the month of Elul. Get ready, friends. Because I'm going to tell you something. COVID-19 can't stop God's timetable. COVID-19, it doesn't matter if we're remote or not. God's designated seasons continue. And I know that you understand that. And the month of Elul is a season and a month of reflection. It's known as a month of reflection, amongst other things. And historically, interestingly enough, this month is tied up some with Mount Sinai. If you know the story of Moshe, Moses, and Mount Sinai, uh, when he went up, of course, on the mountain, and, and it's of great debate amongst scholars exactly how many times Moses went up Mount Sinai. It's interesting. Even just, a, even a, just a cursory examination, scholars are all over the board uh, as to how many times Moses actually went up Mount Sinai. It depends on how you read the scriptures. It's not range that I've read over the years tend to be between two and nine times that he went up total, if you will. But uh, one of the Jewish understandings of the timeline indicates that the final 40-day period that Moses went up corresponded with the beginning of the month of Elul and culminated with Yom Kippur. And if, if you look at the, at the dates and if you look at the counting, it makes sense. And most scholars would agree that this final extended trip up the mountain occurred during the month of Elul, the month that we are in right now, this month, the month that leads up to Yom Kippur. Uh, and, and Rosh Hashanah. So um, uh, as tradition goes, Moses' final trip up the mountain would have been Elul 1. And so this is the season that we're in that corresponds with 
his final trip up the mountain. And it's so interesting if you understand, oh, I'm going to go deep here, if you understand the, the seasons, God's seasons, and his uh, chagim, his feasts, and his holidays, you, you'll, you'll see something that happened even on that, that last 40-day trip up the mountain that goes along with the month of Elul as we lead to Rosh Hashanah, which is actually, of course, biblically Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur. Because you got to remember that by the time that Moses makes it up the mountain, that last major league time, a lot had already happened in the story. You know the story, of course. We, we celebrated part of it all the way back on Shavuot. If you haven't watched our Bethel Shavuot service, it's a little bit lower. Once you finish this service, click on that Shavuot service, Shavuot 2020. It was an amazing service, and it will give you a glimpse a little bit. What happened on Shavuot? Of course, Shavuot was when Moshe, Moses, received the commandments on Shavuot. And so it's been a while since we've had our Shavuot service here at Beth Hillel. But a lot of things have happened for Moses and the children of Israel in the meantime. Moses had come down. After he received the commandments, he had the, the tablets, of course. And what happened? The children of Israel had made the golden calf. Oh, no. Why did you make the golden calf? Oh, my ancestors. Oh, no. What a shanda. Okay. Moses then, we, as we know, returned up the mountain and pleaded for the lives of the Israelites when he went back up after the golden calf. And, uh, and this is talking about this, uh, depending upon your counting, it's after the first trip up the mountain, whether it's the second or, or the seventh, depends on how you look at it. But let's look at Exodus chapter 32, verse 31, and let's hear how what Moses is beginning to do. Then Moses returned to Adonai and said, Alas, these people have sinned greatly and made gods of gold. Talking about the golden calf, 32. Yet now, please forgive their sin. But if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. Ooh, whoa. My goodness, that, that's a bold plea right there. That is a bold plea. Moses was, he, he was going all in with this request. Uh, from, from God. And, and you know, it's interesting he, how he says, please forgive them, but if, but, if, but if you don't forgive them, then don't forgive me either. He, he's, he's, he's really going all in asking God for forgiveness. It reminds me so much of Rabbi Shaul in the Brit Hadashah. Rabbi Shaul, trained by Rabbi Gamliel, okay? Uh, and this is, of course, Paul, the Shaliach, and he was willing, as we know, to give up his own salvation in order for the Jewish people to be saved. This is what Rabbi Shaul said, too. People wonder. People, some people say, oh, Paul is, was, was not for the, the, the Jewish people. My goodness, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He calls himself that after his, his faith walk, remember, he was a, one, of the, one of the most scholarly Jewish people and loved his Jewish identity uh, without any question. And, and he loves his Jewish people. How much so? He says he'd give up his own salvation if it meant the salvation of his Jewish brothers and sisters. It's so interesting because that's the same heart of Moses. Man, that's beyond 
uh, me and so many of us, uh, if you will. It's absolutely amazing. But what did God do? God was turned and he listened to Moses. It's amazing, Moses. There's a reason why, why Moses is so highly regarded in Judaism. God listened to Moses, relented, and was merciful to the Israelites in forgiving them. Absolutely remarkable here. So finally, what happened? Moses went back down. Then he would be going up on this trip, which, which begins with a lull, this month right here that we're in. He'd be going back up. Why? To inscribe the new tablets. He had the new tablets. He brought them up. And, and these new tablets would be inscribed with the Ten Commandments. You remember the first set of tablets when he came down. He threw them down and, and they shattered. He broke them when he saw the children of Israel with the golden calf. And so, but setting the scene of Moses going back up the mountain again to talk to God you got to really think about this time, which corresponds with like now. You got to really think about setting the scene a little bit and, and what Moses would have done and how he would have felt and how God was. You can just imagine a little bit because God's righteous anger, his righteous anger had led to him considering destroying the Jewish people and starting all over with Moses. This is one of the things that God suggested that he would do is just he's going to destroy all of them start over with Moses and Moses said please no and so that had happened on one of the previous times up the mountain and uh and so but but that's how intense it was that's how serious it was that's how displeased God was with the Jewish people with our people but God was merciful Oh, he's so merciful. But it's in this very moment when God's anger is subsiding that Moses goes back up the mountain, you know, okay. And so he's already talked to God and he's, and he's, seems, God seems to be relenting. But you know, when Moses goes back up there, he's kind of got to be holding his breath a little bit because God says, come on back up here, Moses. And, and you got to know that Moses is probably going, oh boy, you know, let, let's, let's, let's see how this is going to go here. What's going to happen? He went back up the mountain. It was the first of Elul that he goes back up the mountain here, which corresponds to Friday, the Friday right before the Shabbat that we're in right here. Sundown Friday started Shabbat. Well, Friday itself, Thursday night to Friday night, this, this particular week was the first of Elul. Okay, so he, he went up right now during this month. And, and right this, this month that we're celebrating here, would God still want to show mercy? Would God still feel the way he felt? And, and was mercy still um, what he would be leaning toward when Moses came back up the mountain after God had had a little bit more time to think about it? What was God's attitude? So, so here it is. Moses is back up on Mount Sinai and we hear this in Exodus 34, starting in verse 5. Follow along with me. It's right here at the bottom of the screen, verse 5. Then Adonai descended in the cloud, stood with him there as he called on the name of Adonai. Powerful words come in verse 6. Here we go. Then Adonai passed before him and proclaimed, Adonai, Adonai, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, showing mercy 
to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, but bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Then Moses, Moses knew that God was still in a merciful mood at that point after what he had just said about himself. Then Moses quickly bowed his head down to the earth and worshiped. He said, now, if I have found grace in your eyes, my Lord, let my Lord please go within our midst. Even though this is a stiff-necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your own inheritance. Wow. How did God respond? Then he said, then God said, I am cutting a covenant before all your people. I will do wonders such as have not been done in all the earth or in any nation. All the people you are among will see the work of Adonai for what I'm going to do with you will be awesome. (laughs) Wow. Are you kidding me? After what the Jewish people had just done to God. God had just, the plagues, He had just rescued them out of Egypt. The Red Sea parting. That was just a few weeks ago, a few months ago. The Red Sea parting. And then how do they show their thanks? They build a golden calf and start worshiping a false god. You've got to be kidding me. And then God relents from from his anger. And Moses is playing an intermediary, man. You've got to think, though. Y'all, because this shows the nature of God. These are known in Judaism as the 13 attributes, right? The 13 attributes of God and his mercy. Whereas God was just contemplating a few days earlier the entire destruction of the Jewish people for their sin. Now, he says that yes, the guilty are punished, but he reveals his preferred nature. Mercy compassion, and forgiveness. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm encouraged preaching this right now. Listen, I studied this. I was ready for this message. He spoke to me, but even now as I'm saying it, it's impactful to me to think that this is the kind of God that you serve. This is the kind of God that you worship. This is his nature. Mm, My message today is for you to embrace and grasp some of this nature of God, especially this month. Moses asks for God to accept the Israelites' request for forgiveness. And then God then, God then not only says, yes, is there forgiveness, but he goes beyond this. Honestly, dainu, it's enough. But more than this does he do. God then proceeds to say that he's cutting a covenant with the Jewish people like no one else, and that this will be this covenant, and the things he does will be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to even understand 
God could be so merciful. Wow. And here's the other beauty. Wow, this is amazing. Don't you see that this promise is being fulfilled even today? God says, okay, Moses was pled to God, please, Lord, please forgive them. Even though they're stiff-necked people, please touch them. God says, okay, I'll cut a covenant with you. And you know what? What I'm going to do with these people, check this out. I know you got me on this other camera. What what I'm going to do with these Jewish people is going to be nothing short of awesome, what I'm going to do through them. Look at this. this. This, what we just read, is being seen today, even right here, in this flag. And this is, when you look at Israel today, and the miracles that are happening even in Israel today and amongst the Jewish people today, that is a part fulfillment of what God's saying he's going to do with the Jewish people. It's going to be awesome, he says. Do you see this awesome stuff that's happening even in our own lifetime? God means what he says and he says what he means. And he said he was going to do some unbelievable stuff in the Jewish people like no other nation in the world. Come on, you saw the flag. It's absolutely remarkable thing. But the point God but the point that God is making here is applicable to all people who serve the Lord. Jew or Gentile, I want you to grasp the principle. It doesn't matter. Yes, God made this covenant with with our Jewish people. But he reveals his nature to us all, Jew or Gentile. The God that you worship, the God that we worship is El Rahum Vechanun, compassionate and gracious. Verav Chesed and merciful, so very merciful, full of mercy. Our God is so full of mercy. That's the God that you and I serve, my friend. How wonderful is that? So here we are. Oh, and it's all, see, it's amazing that God reveals his nature like this. When does he reveal his nature about how incredibly merciful he is in such a a demonstrable way? When? Now, the month of Elul, the month that is immediately preceding, preceding the high holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, nearing the high holy days. Here we are. We are in the month of Elul. We have made it here. This is a time of repentance. It's known as a month of repentance because we need to be repenting before the Lord, just like Moses was repenting before the Lord for the children of Israel during the month of Elul. But it's also known as the month of mercy, the month of Elul. We should seek God's mercy this month. My brother or sister, don't wait till Yom Teruah or Yom Kippur. Don't wait till the High Holy Days. Elul is known as the month of divine mercy and forgiveness. God is ready to be merciful to you. He revealed his nature to us. God is available to you. Now, as much as ever, God is available to you. A Jewish custom that starts with the first day of Elul 
is to recite Psalm 27 every day. I gave a whole sermon on this last year during this time. Psalm 27 is recited daily, according to Jewish tradition, during the month of Elul. And it really relates to today and relates to what we've been talking about. Psalm 27 in verse 1 says, Adonai is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Adonai is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers approach me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Friends, I hope you are receiving the message that is is coming through here in this psalm. We need to be reciting this or at least reflecting on it. In the midst of COVID-19, Chavarim and beloved, you have nothing to fear. Do you hear me? You have nothing to fear here in the midst of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Now hear me, hear me carefully. Does this mean that we do not need to take precautions regarding the virus? Listen carefully to me. Of course not, that's not what I'm saying. We should take precautions and my gosh, we are taking precautions, but we should not live in fear of this. Some of you who are watching this have been in fear of COVID and it has bound you, a fear of this virus. What does the word say? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You don't need to fear, my friends. Psalm 27, verse 5. Wow, this is all for today. Psalm 27, verse 5 says, For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his sukkah, conceal me in the shelter of his tent, and set me high upon a rock. See, God will hide you in his sukkah. Isn't that beautiful? We have Sukkot coming up. It's not too long now, maybe a month and a half away. It's beautiful, but why will God do this? Why will God hide you in his sukkah? Why will God take care of you because he's so merciful to you? He loves you. He'll take care of you. It's Elul. Does this mean that nothing bad ever happens to you? No, of course not. But it means that God has my back and God has your back. And at worst... He's taking care of you eternally. Dainu, Dainu. He's taking care of you eternally. And that's worst case scenario is that your, your eternal future is set if you trust in God. Wow, interesting I would say that. Skip down to verse 13. Surely I trust that I will see the goodness of Adonai in the land of the living. Wait for Adonai, be strong, Let your heart take courage and wait for Adonai. Woo, boy, that's beautiful, right? Do you trust him? I'm asking, do you really, really, really trust him? You gotta trust in him. Don't be bound by fear. People who are bound by fear are people who don't understand the chesed, people who don't understand the mercy, the loving kindness of God. We don't need to fear, because at at the end of the day, my trust is not in the CDC. 
or my PPE or, or Dr. Fauci. <laughs> as, a side, as a side note, nor is my trust in Donald Trump. My trust is in the Lord because he is merciful to me. That's where my trust is, my friends. We must be, yes, we must be wise and we have to be careful, but we should not fear. We should not fear. Listen, when I go in into a car and I'm, I'm driving along the road, I wear a seatbelt. That's wise. You should wear your seatbelt when you get in the car. But at the same time, I don't fear being in a car. Use wisdom, but don't fear life itself. And don't fear the virus either. Take appropriate precautions. We surely are here at Bethel. I mean, I think you can kind of tell, right? But don't be bound spiritually by fear. This is a month of mercy. God is such a compassionate God. He really is. He loves you and he's so merciful. And friends, being a lul, we should recognize now more than ever that there is not much that we can do in our own strength. And that should be obvious even uh, in the world today. We can't earn our salvation no matter how hard we try. It was interesting because Daniel's uh, portion from the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant, talked all about Yochanan the Immerser, John, who was a forerunner of Messiah Yeshua. And interestingly, when, when Yochanan was, was born, John's father, Zechariah, prophesied about the Messiah who was about to come. When I say it was about to come, I mean, it would be, you know, just months later. It would be very soon after and but but Zechariah John the immerser's father prophesied in Luke chapter 1. We're going to skip in a couple verses. Listen to his prophecy and what he says about the Messiah Yeshua because friends I'm taking it full circle. It relates to everything we've talked about. Back with Sinai. It's the same God. Luke chapter 1 verse 68, prophecy about the Messiah. Blessed be Adonai, God of Israel, for he has looked after his people and brought them redemption. Verse 72. So he shows mercy to our fathers and remembers his holy covenant. Verse 78. Through our God's heart of mercy, the sunrise, which is Yeshua, from on high will come upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of, of shalom, mm, of peace. The sunrise, of course, is, is referring to Yeshua, the Moshiach, the Messiah that was to come. See, friends, and if you understand this, it all makes sense. It's full circle, Elul. Yeshua's coming is a result of God's heart of mercy. That's the word that is used in the prophecy in Luke chapter 1. Yeshua comes as a result of God's heart of mercy. God was merciful to the Israelites, even though we did not deserve it, and spared them in Moses' time during the month of Elul. And now... 
that it's a lul here in 2020 and Yom Kippur is not far away, the time for judgment, we reflect on the fact that our God was so merciful with his heart of mercy, merciful enough to us to send us his only begotten son, Yeshua, to make atonement for us, even though we didn't deserve it. Just totally out of his mercy. Do you see the parallel there? And the parallel is, is, is striking. We see that this is the nature of God. Tanakh, Brit Hadashah, Old and New Covenants. Absolutely amazing. Because the conclusion of the matter in many ways comes to us from, Yo, uh, from uh, James, Yaakov, the book of Jacob. Chapter 2, verse 13, which says this, For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm, do you see how that parallels the story of Moses and the children of Israel? Because here's the truth, beloved. Each and every one of us has built our own golden calves. It's Elul. And God has been so very merciful to us. His light is shining and will guide our paths if you listen to him. If you listen to him. It's Elul. The shofar is sounding. Do you hear it? Are you listening for it? Are you seeking it? Or are you just on cruise control? The title of my message is The Mercy of Elul. Please bow your heads with me. I want to ask you if you're already a follower of Messiah. If, if you have not been seeing and seeking the mercy of the Lord, if you've not felt the mercy of God, I want to pray, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. First of all, you know, in a lull, we have to repent. It's the month of repentance first. Moses was a big-time repenter. You heard it. If you need to repent, repent. This is a time of repentance. Don't wait for Yom Kippur. But when you repent, Lord God, I pray that each and every person who's watching this, God, as they are repenting before you, Lord, I, I come to you as a, as a very meager imitation of Moses. <laughs> and I say, God, Lord, listen, you heard your son and your daughter's request for forgiveness. Please, Lord God, humbly, please forgive them. Please forgive us. Please forgive me. God, be, be gracious, and I humbly remind you of your incredible mercy and your heart of mercy. God, you have such a heart of mercy. So, Lord, please be merciful to us. We're here in Elul, and we're turning toward you. Our hearts are turned toward you. Lord, please turn your hearts towards us. Thank you, Lord God. If you said that prayer, 
or rather, if you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if you've never committed your life to God, I want you to say this simple prayer after me and the Lord will touch you and change you on the inside. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again as the Messiah sitting at your right hand. Thank you, God, in Yeshua's name. I'll live the rest of my days for you. If you said that prayer for the first time, turning your life over to God, oh, he, nothing makes him happier. No matter what it is that you've done, he turns to you with, with a heart of mercy and compassion and will forgive you. If you said that prayer for the first time, send us an email so we can celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful Shabbat service. This has been just amazing. And wow, I can't believe we're already in the month of Elul. But God, touch our congregation. Keep us in unity. Be achad. Lord, keep our, our mishpacha in unity, standing strong for you and with each other during this season, Lord. I thank you for this. And we ask these things in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. And let us all say, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.